Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in The Word with us today. Today's Gospel comes from Luke, the 11th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will give up, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to join me just in a moment of prayer. Lord, open our eyes to see you, our ears to hear you, and our hearts to receive you as you come to us today. Amen. So I can't see you at home, but I'm going to just ask you to be on your honor and raise your hand. If wherever you are today, a black gorilla walked in or a person in a black gorilla suit walked in, would you see it? I think I would too. But many years ago, researchers conducting an experiment asked viewers to watch a video of people passing basketballs and half of the people were wearing white t-shirts and half were wearing black t-shirts. Before watching the video, viewers were asked to count how many times people in the white shirts passed the ball. After watching the video, most folks got or came close to the right answer. And then those same viewers were asked, did anything unusual or out of the ordinary happen in the video? Half of the viewers said no. And then they were asked, did you see a person in the black gorilla suit walk into the video? Those same viewers were astounded upon watching the video a second time to see that indeed a person in a 
black gorilla costume walks right into the middle of the picture, looks at the camera, beats its chest, and then walks off screen. The researchers in the gorilla experiment conclude what many of us are quite skilled, conclude that many of us are quite skilled at focusing our attention on what we want to see or on what we are asked to see. In the case of this experiment, the viewers were focused on watching people in white shirts pass a ball. I will link to the video of this experiment in the show notes for today's podcast so you can see for yourself. But I will warn you, once you know to look for the black gorilla, you cannot miss it. I read about this experiment in an article about prayer this week. And as I thought about this experiment, I was reminded of stories that I have heard over the years from my own aunt and uncle who served as missionaries in the country of Chad in Africa for nearly four decades. I recall many times they recounted experiences of answered prayer. I remember one such instance. They were pulled over by the side of the road miles from any settlement in the African bush, and they prayed for God's assistance. And sure enough, the only vehicle that approached them in the course of several hours happened to be driven by the one mechanic in a 100-mile radius who had been trained to work on their type of vehicle and had the tools needed to do so. Many of the experiences that my aunt and uncle recounted over the years, I have been taught to call coincidence. But I've been thinking... I began to wonder, were they able to see God's presence in answered prayer because they were focused on seeing God's presence in their life? Do I, and I'm going to be so bold as to speak for you as well, do we not see the divine presence because we are focused elsewhere? Our ancestors And people today who live in different cultural environments in our world often expect to see a personal God acting and moving in the world around them. And so that is what they see. In our era and in our Western culture, we have been taught that such a belief is irrational and so have learned to focus our attention elsewhere. I'm not suggesting that we abandon scientific knowledge or intellectual pursuits. It is right to bring critical thinking as we seek knowledge and understanding. But I wonder, do we become so focused on our endeavors that even when God is moving among us, for many of us, our focused attention prevents us from seeing We have what the philosopher Charles Taylor calls observational blindness. We don't see a gorilla because we've been told to look for white shirts, passing basketballs, or any number of other things. The problem is not that God is not visible, but that God is the gorilla to whose whose appearance we have been blinded. In our gospel today, The disciples ask Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. No other gospel has the disciples asking this question of Jesus, 
But no other gospel shows Jesus so actively engaged in a life of prayer and conversation with God. Early in my own ministry, questions about prayer were among the most common that I heard from people. There was often a sense of shame or embarrassment that accompanied the questions, as if the person asking had missed that day in church somewhere in their lifetime. There was this assumption that everyone else around them, including me, had prayer figured out, and the person asking was the only one who didn't. As I think about my own life and my own struggles to engage in that ongoing conversation with God that I have come to understand as prayer, what I have often wrestled with are the mechanics. How should I do it? When is the best time for me? Where can I do it where there will be the least number of distractions? What do I do? What do I say? When I say, Lord, teach us to pray, I want to know the words to say or the actions that will work. I want a prayer formula that will fit my life. But what if the request the disciples make has nothing to do with words or mechanics and is reflective of a longing to see God active and alive and at work in the world, the way Jesus sees and knows God? What if the disciples are not asking about what to say, but are really wondering how to see, how to not lose sight of God moving through the center of their lives like a black gorilla. If that is what lies at the heart of the disciples' request, then what Jesus provides is not a blueprint to follow, but a reminder that the God we long to see is already present in the life of the world among us, bringing about a kingdom that reflects God's will, God's mercy, God's desire for the abundant life of all creation. We see this God when we are focused on seeing God at work in the world. Yes, Jesus gives them words. He says, when you pray, say this. But what if the words Jesus gives are an invitation to see more clearly? To be on the lookout for the places where God's holiness is being revealed. For the times we see God's kingdom emerging, for the moments our daily bread is provided, or forgiveness is given and received, or the times when we're brought through trials. And if Jesus' own life is where we learn to see God clearly, then Jesus' cross reminds us to stay focused on seeing God's movement in this world. Excuse me, let me say that again. If Jesus' own life is where we learn to see God clearly, then Jesus' cross reminds us that staying focused on seeing God's movement in this world will lead us to keep our eyes peeled in unexpected, lonely, and God-forsaken places. And not only the places where victories have already been won and where glory has already been revealed. The cross of Christ is our constant reminder to look away from moments of victory, to the places of defeat or loss, and see where God is always moving to bring life and hope to all creation. I'm not ignoring what Jesus says. I know that our experience of prayer is not always what Jesus describes. Pastor Elizabeth Johnson writes, So often we have asked and not received. We have searched 
and not found. In spite of our most fervent prayers for their health and safety, we have lost loved ones to cancer and senseless accidents. In spite of the fervent prayers of people around the world, daily we hear of tragedies of violence, hunger, disease, and natural disasters. And yet, she continues, we affirm what scripture tells us, and particularly what Jesus tells us in this passage, that we are invited into relationship with a loving God who wants to give us life and who continues to work tirelessly for the redemption and that of all creation. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus is teaching us to focus our attention less on the words we say and more on the signs of God's tireless work of redemption unfolding all around us and even within us and inviting us to look and see. In the small catechism, Martin Luther writes his understanding of the words, your kingdom come, that we say in the Lord's Prayer. What does this mean, Luther asks? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. Yes, we pray that God's kingdom comes in our life and in our world. And we pray that when it does come, we may have eyes to see. We hope you've been fed by the word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at the word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.